Hey guys, welcome to the Wellside Podcast. My name is Andre, and I'm a pastoral intern at Living Word Bible Church, where I'm responsible for youth and young adult ministries. I'm also a part-time student at the Southern Seminary. Every week, I'll be sitting down with my good friend Alexi, and we are going to be talking about both the beauty and the complexity of following Jesus in a post-Christian culture. In this second discussion, what we wanted to do is take a step back and look at the big picture for a second. We take a moment to reflect on our uh, journey, so to speak, as individuals, as uh, young millennial Christians in the church. We take a moment to kind of reflect on the challenges we've seen in the church, um, the challenges that we've encountered as young believers living in a skeptical culture. Um, And we try to ask some of the bigger questions, the bigger picture questions of what's going on in the church? What are the changes that are happening today? And where are those changes going? And where do we as young people uh, fit into this? What, what are our goals? What are our aspirations? Oftentimes as young people, we are so caught up in the experience of life, we forget to stop and look at the big picture and ask ourselves, where are we actually going with all this? All right. Well, welcome back, guys, to the Well Said Podcast, episode two. We are so glad, so honored that you have held with us this long, that you've endured, that you are here to listen to more more thoughts. And we will promise not to disappoint. I'm what here you, with my buddy, Alexi. Hey, what do you mean endured? We are endured. fun. Endured. This they, is they, awesome. They have endured 30 minutes already of episode one or whatever, 25 minutes. I don't know how long it was. So this is great. You know, this is good. We're being put to the test, our ability to think, to to entertain people and to give them something worth considering. So this is fun. And you know, today, today's better because I have coffee. Last time we needed the vibes in here and I was just, (laughs) it was difficult for me to get into the vibes of, you know, thinking and saying profound things because I didn't have hot coffee. Yeah. Coffee puts you in that mood. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know, you know, I'm I'm new to this whole podcast recording world, but for some reason when I when I imagine in my head podcasting with Alexi, I I imagine like coffee and and you know, inspiring things being said. So, hmm. here we See, are. Coffee never comes to my mind. What comes to my mind is having something that I can put my legs on while I'm sitting and talking here. There you go. Maybe like a fireplace or we something. We all have we all have that thing that inspires our yeah. mind to do things. This there weekend we went to the city. We went to Vancouver. We small town Bellingham Ferndale folk went to Vancouver BC and Ooh. I found that very inspiring. Just so many people, such huge buildings, so many ideas, so much life happening. I just my 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 inspiration was simmering. And when I'm inspired, I want to sit down with a cup of coffee and I want to write something. That's my mm. thing. Maybe that sounds very nerdy, <laughs> but that's my that's my inspirational. Yeah, uh, I think urge. we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum. I find myself uh, being very inspired when you go to a golf range oh, and you just hit about about a hundred sixty up to two hundred balls. You just hit them as hard as far as you can. I get inspired. I come out on fire, ready to serve the Lord. Wow. 
Wow. I'm We're all sorry. different. Yeah. Not, can't identify with that. So what are we talking about today? What, what are we talking about? Yeah. What is the subject? Well, we're talking about faith and how our faith and how our experience of our Christian faith is changing and how our faith is uh, staying the same. So there's stuff going on around us, right? There's, there's things happening in the church for almost every single person that I know. Life as a Christian, life as a worshiper of Christ, of a follower of Jesus is changing for a lot of us. Yeah. Um, so we want to make sense of that. What's going on? Why is it changing? But see, I got to interject here. It there's You can always, every person you probably meet at church, you can find them on uh, both two sides of the table. One side, this change is happening and they're not noticing it mm-hmm. because you're not really... You're not really living it. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, there are people that are like trying to make sense of it. Because right. that's, that's where we find ourselves and that's where we find this podcast stuff. Hey, let's figure out what is going on. Yeah. And so the goal here is not to give you a giant historical analysis of everything that's going on and help you understand everything. No, I think today what we want to do is kind of share with you guys our experiences, our stories, um, the, the things that has have have you know transpired in our lives and i think our stories are probably going to be a bit different because we haven't even told them to each other yeah <laughs> and as we share we share not because oh look at my story i'm so important and um you need to hear it and because my story is so unique and so profound actually i think the opposite i think even though our stories are going to be a little different um the, i think the the thing that we will see is that there's a lot that's going on that's the same for a lot of us, especially us in the younger generation in our 20s and early 30s, um, late teens, whatever, young Christians trying to live faithfully. Um, all of us are kind of in this boat of, of change, and it makes some people very uneasy, and it confuses us sometimes. So I want to start with this question for, because this is kind of interesting to me. You showed up at our (laughs) church like nine months ago. You're like, totally just dive right in. Feels like you've been a part of our church for years, which is crazy because like how, you know, how can people come into this social context, this new church and just dive right in? Yeah. So give us maybe 10 minutes of... um, what has God been doing in your life? How has your faith been changing? How has your experience of the gospel been changing and why? And um, yeah, in hmm. a nutshell. I don't think it'll be 10 minutes, but I'll share. So just a quick backstory. I'm a second child in a family. I come in a very, from a Christian background, Christian grandparents, always surrounded by religion, never smoked, never drank, never did drugs. So I come from this very safe Christian background to where you were always at church, sang in choir, sang with orchestra, played in orchestra. Did all the good things, followed all the rules. Follow, man, followed all, all, all the rules. Are you kidding? More than that, I was like a follower and I made sure people around me followed the rules. I was very big on that. But so speaking of the just Christian background, what God has been doing in my life is being in that uh, environment I ended up in a position to where God was far away and he was so holy and I was just here and I was just following the rules Hmm. consistently, constantly and faithfully. 
and constantly obviously falling and trying to manage that, trying to understand how does that work, mm-hmm. right? The whole idea, well, if I'm saved, I'm not supposed to be sinning. What am I sinning? Why am I falling? But uh, just to kind of cut to the chase, the latest development when I showed up here a year ago, I had no idea why I came here. Mm-hmm. But I just knew we needed to be here. That's cool. And just the way God put things together, he gave us the peace of mind. We just got up. I left my job. Nadia had a job here. So we just moved around and we've we've kind of struggled God has not been putting us to rest. He didn't give us a chance to buy a home mm-hmm. or settle, really settle down. And that made me question a lot of things. Well, why is this happening? Well, what am I supposed to do? And I started praying. I started asking God for all these things. Well, show me answers. Show me what's going on. And I was always coming to him as this God that's far away and so holy. And I'm here trying to humble myself even more. Mm-hmm. And then I had a conversation with Victor. And we talked about hmm. prayer, and we also uh, had the conversation of the prayer at the men's retreat, men's retreat of our church. And that really opened up my eyes that I need to come to God with boldness. Hmm. I am his son. He redeemed me. He bought me. Mm-hmm. I am a son in his household. I'm not some sort of a person who works somewhere far in a village, you know, on, on the field of a master. I am his son. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, when I come to him, I don't just, well, give me a car, well, give me a job. Well, why do you need a car? Why do you need a job? Mm-hmm. You have to make these logical progressions in your prayer to where you explain him why you need something. Mm-hmm. Well, what is it that you're asking for? And man, my life started transforming so quick. Interesting. Just, just incredible to where instead of now God being far away and me here all humble, I come to him because I have boldness, because mm-hmm. he redeemed me. I am his son. And that changed, impacted my life on the other end to where, how do I deal with when I fall? Mm-hmm. Well, how do I deal with that? I don't hide anymore because God is far away and he didn't see me. Mm-hmm. I am an open book. And mm-hmm. when you fall, I have no choice but to deal with it right away. Right. Fall down on my knees and, and pray for forgiveness and ask him to give me more strength, to ask him to give me more wisdom. That Just that understanding in itself just transformed my whole life Hmm. Interesting on the spot. So let me rewind a little bit though. Before you moved to Bellingham, um, I think we've talked, we talked a couple of times before and it sounded like you guys were, there were changes happening in your life, you and your wife, before you moved here, your um, expectations of church were changing, shifting. Yeah. Um, You were, so, so can you give me quick couple minutes what was going on with you guys? Now, again, I got to say this. Mm-hmm. The goal of asking these questions is not at all to be dissing on any church or any tradition yeah, um, or absolutely. to be dragging anyone through the mud. Not at all. But to to bring to surface this the reality of this kind of change going on, yeah. these urges or questions or um, this process, you know? Mm-hmm. This process that if you look at young people, uh, almost all, and I, again, maybe I'm sure there's people out there who are just, who wouldn't identify with this, but a lot of young people today in the church, if you look at young people in Christian churches, Bible-believing churches, and you look at them in life in the church and ask, what are they doing in the church? You will find that a lot of young people are trying to create change. Right. You will seldom find young people in churches today who are just like, just 
going with the flow, no questions, no concerns, um, not, not, not striving for any change, right? Yeah. Young people in the church today, in Christianity, are, are, are working towards some sort of change. Something, yeah. Not all of them are working for the same kinds of changes. Not all of them are dissatisfied with the same kinds of things. Not all, not all young people in the church, obviously, are having the same criticisms. But there's this common push across the board in Russian-American churches, and I think in a lot of American churches today, as I'm just reading, listening, you know, this, this, I, this, this reality, right? Yeah. And so in your life, how did that happen? It, it propelled you out of your, the traditional choir boy, sun, <laughs> Sunday Baptist, traditional, perfect Ale- Alexi. Yeah. And something happened. Something. What, give us a five-minute nutshell. When you start looking at what Bible actually says about being a church, about treating others with love, about discipling, about proclaiming God's name, and this is strictly about the Slavic church of it's not really doing the job because we are so closed in our comfort level of being Slavic. Mm-hmm. We don't want an outsider who maybe has a tattoo. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't want an outsider that probably has long hair. And if he does show up, we're not going to come up to him and so say, these hey, were, what's going so on? These were like initial concerns. For initial people. concerns so that... You were seeing these things and... If I got a coworker, I can't bring him in. Okay. If I bring him in, he will yeah. turn get turned away. You know, and it's, if I can't bring him in, well, what am I going to do? And just, and that's what I started praying for, me and Nadia. We were like, well, God, we want to have a church where we can become part of it. And I am, I feel welcome to bring a person in. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to bring him in. And I know that whoever's going to sit by them will start a conversation. Mm. We'll start talking. They are going to feel like they are part of a bigger community. Mm -hmm. And that, when I showed up at your guys' church, incredible. That's exactly what happened to me. Hmm. No one knew me. I was never introduced by anyone. And I right away, I had three women that showed up, started talking to me and Nadia. Then they called their husbands to come and say hi. And I didn't. I wasn't introduced by anyone yet. Like hmm. Even though I knew the pastor, I wasn't introduced by anyone yet. And when I saw that, and then we had an American guy showed up, Rory. And he, he just came out of jail. And, you know, like he has nothing to offer to us. But we're offering everything to him. Mm. And when I saw the church do that, that I was I was like, this is everything I've been praying for. Mm. I want it to be a part of that so I can be impacted by people like that. So through that, my mind will start changing. Mm-hmm. And I can become the vessel of God that can actually make a change in the community here, not go to Africa, go to Mexico. Not that those are bad things, but... As a Christian, I can't go anywhere unless I start doing something here. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest, back in Spokane, I was doing nothing for my neighbors, for my coworkers. I wasn't doing anything. Hmm. And that was so the biggest like concern. You felt like your faith was trapped. Yeah. Because of In the, the way church was done. Yeah. Somehow. Hmm. Yeah. But, um, so if I would rewind again, though, before you showed up in our church, you did go through a few other churches in Spokane. Yeah. Still some didn't click or what? What would, what something, would you say? It was two, it was clicks. Within the churches, there were clicks, and mm. you can feel that. Mm. And because, well, there was a, a whole family of like five brothers, and they all got married, and booms, so there was a click. And there's another one, and that's how the churches run. Mm. You know, and the clicks have the power, and you have all, <laughs> I don't want to get into that. But when I showed up here, I did not feel like there were clicks. Mm. Then down the road, you know, you see that there's groups of friends, but when there is a church gathering, those clicks are non-existent. Right. 
you know it, it was it was and for me that was the deal breaker when i saw that and to see that the church is starting this way that was just usually it's the other way usually there are cliques existing and they're starting to be and people are trying to break him and in this case i see a church where there's no cliques there's nothing to be bro- <laughs> nothing to break so that's a it's a solid foundation mm-hmm. for the way church needs to be done yeah so you felt like your faith was trapped within a certain tradition yeah. or culture and you can't really live it out in your whole life and yeah. bring it out it felt like faith only fit into a piece of your life rather than your whole life yeah cuz you couldn't access church couldn't access my work life hmm. my hobby life where i went to play volleyball anywhere else because it it wasn't catered to anyone come to me you know that that it wasn't catered to that mm-hmm. and so that just made me question a lot because the scripture that's not what scripture teaches Church is not supposed to be this little box, and unless you fit that box, you can't come in. Yeah. So. So I think. Yeah. I think the similar vein in that that a lot of people identify with is, um, is this idea that we grow up in a certain tradition or system or church, and as we're growing up, as we're asking questions, as we're trying to bring our faith into the different new areas of the world that we're part of, growing up, going to college, getting careers, we're realizing that the faith in which we grew up um, doesn't quite fit or work, or it's some, there's some sort of limitations. And it's not that uh, Christianity is the problem. It's a certain way that we do Christianity, right? And it makes us yeah. question and makes us look back. Yeah, I think for me, um, a very similar experience in terms of, and again, we are not here to diss on any specific church or, or denomination or whatever, but there's a there's a similar experience, I think, where we grow up in a version of, now, the gospel is there. Christ died for our sins and was raised on the third day, and all who call, call upon the name of the Lord will be saved, and every person who is in the to be a Christian is to be a follower of Jesus. It is to be a part of the church. All that was there. That essential core was there, right? But then when I start to ask the question, what is my Christianity in this world? What is the mission of Jesus to make disciples and to proclaim the gospel to all nations? How does that how do I see this mission accomplished? Is it really being accomplished or not? And how is it applied? When you start asking those questions, you start running into some really more challenging areas and those are that's where we uncover that gosh you know something's going on um i think for us um as we transitioned into a process of again our church is so not perfect we have so much to work on we we are not ideal in any way but i think as we transitioned into this experience of starting a new church my mind it felt like all of a sudden spiritually and intellectually there's freedom um to ask those questions and to pursue those answers yeah and so being all of a sudden thrown into a church context where all of a sudden we're encouraged to just grow and read and pursue and build and those basic questions are are difficult but you start working through that stuff and for me i came into very distinct changes in my experience of the gospel as I started to spend some more time um, in in the words and the thoughts, the, the books of people, men who came 
in the past, not men who are still even alive. Um, well, well, a few of them. I'll just throw out, you know, C.S. Lewis was a huge one for me. He unlocked to me uh, this idea that Christianity, the Christian gospel, the idea of, of God and his purpose for all the world, it applies to everything. The wonder and glory of God is in every detail of life. And I think he really helped me see, um, you know, in books like Mere Christianity, God in the Dock, The Weight of Glory, you see in there the glory of God in all things. Um, and it, these ideas I was not I was not exposed to ever. Um, Francis Schaeffer was a guy who helped me really think about what is the role of the church in the world and how does Christianity, how does my faith fit into all the other ideas that are competing? Um, and he helped me see that, you know, at the end of the day, when you boil it down, there's not that many options. When To look at the world, you either look from a biblical perspective, you know, or from just a couple of others. There's not that many. And that the story that the Bible tells is so powerful. It, it speaks more powerfully to the big questions that are in every heart. So that was, that was like, that was like fire into my, into my, um, you know, engine, <laughs> uh, into my soul. Yeah. Um, another one that kind of fed that fuel was a guy named Andy Wilson. N. D. Wilson has a book called uh, death by living. Another book that kind of challenged me really expanded my view was Nancy Piercy total truth. But I think I remember distinctly, this is like a couple of years ago, walking um, Ferndale. One of the cool things I live in Ferndale is the beautiful fields on the outside of town. We live on the edge of town. And walking out there during sunset time, or I think I was out for a run or a bike ride, and just looking at the sunset and the the, the the purple and orange and the, the green fields and just the wonder of the picture before me and just realizing that God painted this today for me, not, not in a sense for me alone, but like this is personal that this, yeah. this world is not just spinning. You know, <laughs> I think if we go back to the idea you just said earlier that we grow up and the Christianity that we grew up in, um, in some ways is compartmentalized. It, it, fits to, it fits into this piece of my life. Yeah. But then after I do the Sunday thing, I go on with the rest of my life, right? Yeah. And, and we don't see God in every detail. And we don't see, or, or maybe we do, and we're like, oh, of course, yeah, God made the trees and the sunsets. Yeah, of course, we don't deny that. But... Though our experience of the gospel does not give us the ability and the power to really see God's beauty in every detail and to see his love in every detail and to experience him every single day in every minute in all, in all things, you know, that yeah. push, you know, I, I don't want a Christianity that's just going to give me a basic answer of how to get to heaven. I want, I want, if it's true, if it is the truth about life, it has to invade everything. Yeah. You know, it has to invade every piece of my life. Like the guy named Abraham Kuyper said, uh, you know, he said, there is not a single square inch of creation over which Christ does not proclaim mine. <laughs> that's pretty good. I have to say that's pretty good. 
Yeah. And, yeah, and it's one thing to confess that and say, yeah, I believe that, yeah. yeah. But it's a whole nother thing to live it, you know? And I had an interesting experience with it. That's part of some of the things that I've been learning over the past year, that things like owning something or wanting something or receiving something when you didn't even ask for it. Mm-hmm. And all of that, hand of God is shown. Mm-hmm. And... I went from just thanking God for the food on the table to thanking him for the fact that I breathe, I can walk, mm-hmm. and something is not serious, and I'm not in a way terminally ill or something. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, this morning, I had the weirdest morning ever. It was a really hard day. Mm. Uh, just everything that could possibly, in a way, go wrong went wrong. And I'm just like, God, I don't know what to do. And the thing is, I'm so glad that in my brain... There's one answer. Nobody can fix this except God. You don't have peace right now, and the only place where you can get it is God. Mm -hmm. And you would think, five years ago, I would never think that I would try to fix it all myself, get all the ducks in a row, and now I know that I have to bring it all to God. All of my needs, all of my temptations, all of my thoughts, all of my failures, I got to bring it to Him. Mm -hmm. Every single part of my life, whether it's work-related, whether it's personal, whether it's with my wife, all of that, I have to bring it up to him mm-hmm. because he is the one who has, like you said, hand on everything and it's his. Right. It's just, uh, I'm so glad I'm getting there. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's exciting. It's exciting to yeah. see and in, in experience yeah. God's truth, not just in, 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 in theory. Um, I think if I was to back up and connect, I think, so if, as I'm looking around at, the the church and and young people and their faith and and specifically young Christians pushing for change in their churches in their experience of God and blah blah, blah. Um, the, <clears throat> there are areas where I'm alarmed or I'm not alarmed. It, not all change is good, <laughs> right? So, yeah. um, I think a lot of young people, a lot of people like us who are coming to a place where they're like, gosh, you know. I grew up in a system that's not, you know, it doesn't work. This faith worked for my parents. It doesn't work for me. So, you know, throw the whole thing out. Or there's the other option is, okay, well, what works? What works? So let's look at the most flashy, coolest preachers and churches in the world, and let's try to imitate that because that is actually working. So the two problems there, they're essentially the same problem. The one says, <clears throat> you know, um, it worked for my parents. It doesn't work for me. Throw the whole thing out. That's not actually dealing with the issue. The center, the question at, at the center of the table is, is Christian, is the gospel true? Is Christ real? Yeah. You know, and, and, and so I think that's a c- critical thing. I think a lot of times us as young people, we get very caught up into our, in, in the moment of, of where we are. And then the other the other option is number two is where you just look around and you look at all the mega churches, cool hipster churches, look at all the you know churches with the coolest band and the coolest buildings, and we just need to replicate that. We just need to spice it up, get a cool <laughs> cool preacher with a cool hairdo, and it's all gonna be good, right? So what are we doing there? What are we doing there? And this is happening a lot, I think. We are taking one shell and we are replacing it with another shell. So you're taking one set of traditions and you're saying, oh, my parents grew up in this kind of church and this kind of faith and this kind of Christianity. That so doesn't work for me anymore. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this cool hipster Christianity with more lights and colors and louder (laughs) drums. 
At the end of the day, though, you never actually answered the question. You never actually answered the question of what is it? How can I live with God? And how can I know God in the gospel? And, and how does God want us to know him? And how does God want this faith to be worked out in my life? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, the bottom line of, of, of the changes that we see is they force us to ask the simple question, what do you believe? You know, at the end of the day, that's what we have to come to. We have to come to what do we believe? And we have to come to a fresh look at the Bible itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think for me and for a lot of um, people that, that I'm just kind of growing up with, the huge blessing has been to rediscover that question to rediscover that question that I'm not here to rebel against the older generation. I'm not here to say that I'm smarter or better than they are. I'm, an, I'm not here to say that we're going to make a better version of church. I'm here to humbly ask the question, what does it mean to follow Christ? And what does it mean to follow Christ today? You know? Yeah. And starting with yourself and then, and then you start looking at the church mm-hmm. and then you start looking at the church. Cause yeah, just leaving and replacing it. Ah, that's that's not really fixing the issue. That just it's like putting a bandaid on it, and when you need some serious uh, stitches, yeah, you know it's it never. And I've seen a lot of dissatisfied my my personal my peers. Mm-hmm. They try to do the exact thing where you just this worked for my parents, not gonna work for me, and they leave. They last half a year, mm-hmm. and then they're they're too embarrassed to come back. And then they just leave because there's no one. They never address the actual issue, like you said. Well, right. what do I really believe? Because it's it's either there's no belief or you just don't want to ask that question right. to yourself. Right. And the other thing I would like to make like a like a final defense of the traditional churches that we grow up in. Not that I would go back in time, but what's going on? You know, which that basically that's what we're asking in this whole episode. What's going on? Well. The world in which we live is changing at an insanely rapid rate. Culture and the values and the assumptions of the culture around us are changing so fast. And so with culture, we are cultural creatures. We, the, the, what, what feels good, what feels like that was such an amazing church service. A lot of times, because we don't examine it, What's actually what we're actually saying is that felt good, and and where where those feelings dictated by the, uh, and in many ways our feelings our experiences are dictated our longings are dictated by the culture that we live in. We are growing up in a completely different culture than our parents grew up in, so th- the the way that their faith was expressed is a product of a time that they grew up in, and culture has changed so fast. And here we are trying to make sense of outside what's going on. And at the same time, we're trying to transform what's going on inside in the church, right? Yeah. And so lots of times, that's why I think young people get duped. They, they show up at a cool church. They listen to the cool music and they hear the cool pastor. And it's just, it all feels right. God is here. <laughs> Not necessarily. Yeah. Not necessarily. Maybe maybe you like that worship band they, because they sound like Taylor Swift or... Whatever Kanye <laughs> or who can you know Kendrick Whatever Lamar, like. Jay Z, yeah. whoever you're listening to, yeah. whoever your st- superstars are, maybe yeah. that's why you liked them. 
Why do you like it? What is the change that you're longing for? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We are cultural creatures. And you can't just put mud all over the previous generation simply by saying, oh, they don't know what they're doing because look at us, we're so hip. No, we live in a different world than they did. And our set of values are different. And that's why there's such a clash oftentimes. Yeah. And it's uh, the cliche saying here is that don't treat the symptoms, treat the disease. Exactly. And that's it. You just, it's, but the thing is, it's hard. It takes actual effort right. to treat it. You have to sit down. You have to admit the fact that, hey, I I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And it means get off the Facebook, get off the Twitter, get off the YouTube, get all of those, get rid of all of those momentary satisfactions in your life mm-hmm. and try to get satisfaction in the truth. Right. And, that, and that's that's where exactly where I found myself. I had to get rid of everything and start looking for that truth. Yeah. Because without it, I mean... I wouldn't be looking for happiness. I would be looking just for a quick change or my wife called mm-hmm. it a quick fix. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get home and you get on Instagram, she's like, oh, you're getting your fix right yeah, now. Yeah. You know, it's because you kind of want to, you, you want to get it, but there's nothing behind it. There's no substance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think very oftentimes we as uh, young people who are very emotional and we are very much children of our culture today, entertainment driven, music driven, visually driven, we show up at a cool conference and we're like, that is Christianity. Yeah. But what? But let, let's hold on. Like, what was it that captured, captured your heart? Was it really the content, the truth, or was it the experience? And so I'm not saying that you, those two things are very, are completely different because how we live out the truth goes back to what that truth is. But I think... What that forces me to do is, like you said, is is not to treat the symptoms, but to treat the disease. And the thing about culture is such a fascinating thing is we humans are always creating culture. It's a, it, we, We're always creating and we're always changing culture, the values, the colors, the traditions, the ideas, the, the things that grab hold of society. They're always changing. And with the church, you know, this is the alarm for older people. Oh my gosh, everything's changing. They've abandoned the faith. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the problem yeah. there is in the older generation, this exposes blind spots where they held on to tradition more than they held on to actual truth. And they didn't even notice that. Yeah. And when you shift the culture, all of a sudden these blind spots are exposed, right? But not everything is is wrong not everything in that church is wrong just because there was hypocrisy just because there was traditionalism it doesn't mean that the whole thing is garbage that's what young people i think we want to reinvent the wheel we want everything new everything fresh at the end of the day the same jesus that 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 you heard and you believed and you were got saved you got saved in that system yeah (laughs) something there is true yeah you know the gospel is still there and so the challenge and the humble challenge, I think, for us young people living honest faith in, in a changing culture and a changing church is to maintain the humility to say, yes, some things are changing and yet some things are staying the same. And we we can't jump and say, this is the answer. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Because whatever the answer is, and as we're growing in our understanding of the Bible, whatever the answer is, it's not new. You know? Yeah. It's not new. We aren't reinventing it. Yep. Christianity has been there before. 2,000 years. Yeah. And so the way forward, 
I think I want to challenge, you know, it, people kind of in my generation, what is the Christianity that your children are going to grow up in? What are you giving them? And when it comes to the point where they will be where you are now, and it sounds like, oh, it's far away. Well, for most of us, you know, if you're planning to have kids in the next few years, you know, if you're in your 20s, you may be married next year, like whatever. Like, it's not that far away. You know, it just felt like a couple years ago, I was just in college hanging out. You know, I got two kids now. Boom. (laughs) I got a three-year-old. Yeah. But what is is it that you're going to give them? When you ask it, when you ask that question, you're forced to really say, am I just creating a new set of traditions or am I actually taking this moment to humbly acknowledge I need the word of God to shape my whole value system and I need the word of God to give me wisdom? How do we proceed as Christians in a changing culture? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as we're finishing it up, and I think it's going to be a good idea for us to leave our listeners with one final thought. Do you want to give it to us? One final thought, yeah. I think we have to be honest about where we are as Christians, as young people in the church today. The world around us is changing. The church within and around us is changing whether we like it or not. If you're an older person who says, no, stop, it's changing. Some aspects of how we worship, they're changing because we're questioning, we're we're asking the questions and we're going back. But also the way forward, I think as as we young people in the church are so quick to complain, we have to be humbled by the challenge of the task of living faithfully as followers of Jesus in a very confusing world. And the task of of actually building the church, the task of being faithful disciples, is very difficult. It's very challenging. It's very complex. And that should humble us and drive us back into Scripture and back into hundreds of years of, of wise, godly Christian thinking that is already there in the library. And so the only way to move forward is, is in some sense through the past, through yeah. the text of Scripture. Absolutely. All right. With this, we're going to finish our second episode. Episode two. Episode two. This Congratulations. Is You've made it to the end. <laughs> yep, you have. This experiment is, is happening. Yeah. And, um, and uh, if somebody wants to reach us and send us a comment or send us a question or send us a topic that they want us to cover, how can they reach us, Andre? Well-said.org um, or on Facebook at Well Said Words. All right. It's very easy and simple. Go find us, comment, share with your friends, and let us know what you think. Yeah, and pray for us. Absolutely. We're an experiment yeah. in the making. Pray for us. Mm-hmm. Give us feedback. Um, and these are going friends. to be weekly episodes. So a week. Dropping Mondays. Yep. Drop and Mondays. All right. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. See yeah. ya.